The Chicago Bulls lose another game after a bad second half, this time to the Phoenix Suns. We're going to talk about what went into that loss exactly, how it's impacting the Chicago Bulls and their push for a play-in spot, and we're going to get into the mailbag, all that plus more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans, welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. Now, let's get into it. So the Bulls lost to the Phoenix Suns uh, yesterday, and there's a couple of things that went into this loss that are indicative of why it's important that AK and Eversley pick a path and more importantly, try to modernize the offense and, and just the team overall during this summer. Uh, when you look at the three-point discrepancy for the Chicago Bulls, there was one point in the game yesterday in which the Phoenix Suns had more makes than the Chicago Bulls had attempts from the three-point line. And as we've talked about before, it just two is, is up, two is less than three. And when you have teams that do shoot the three ball effectively and at the rate of normal NBA teams, the Bulls just are going to be outclassed. They have to work so much harder, right? Let's be clear here, right? Even if the Bulls do play a good game, which there were times yesterday and the Bulls did play pretty well. Um, but when you when the other team is shooting more threes than you, you have to work that much harder just to match the number of points that you get. At that point, trading basket for basket, you're going to lose. And that's what this team gets into sometimes. Um, and so the, the Bulls, I mean, sorry, the Suns doubled the Bulls attempts from yesterday. The Bulls, the, the Suns went 20 of 47, where the Bulls went 7 of 23. Uh, Kevin Durant had six three-pointers himself, and that is the difference. When you hear about Kevin Durant operating in the mid-range and being a mid-range assassin, much like DeMar DeRozan, it's true. But the difference is, is that Kevin Durant does have the ability and will shoot threes, especially if that's what the offense gives them. DeMar DeRozan won't do that. And again, this isn't one of those things where it's to just crap on DeMar. It's just the simplicities of basketball. When you look at three is greater than two. And when you have teams that can shoot the ball at the rate that teams do now in the modern NBA, and your team just is not a three-point shooting team, you're going to have to work that much harder just to be in those games, much less win those games. The Chicago Bulls rank right now the 30th in both three-point attempts and makes. We average 28.6 attempts, which is, all right, cool. But we make 10.3 of those. And so that's that's well less than, than 50%. And when you look at the, the, the number of three-point uh, shots other teams are making around the league, the Bulls just can't measure up. And that's going to be the biggest thing and biggest issue with this Bulls team. And that's why we need to make some changes with this roster in the offseason. That's why I keep saying, regardless of what happens this season for the Chicago Bulls, if they finish strong, if they don't finish strong, if they win the play-in, don't make the play-in, it does not change the work that AK and Eversley need to do to modernize this offense. When you look at it as well, the defense of it, just period. Kevin Durant moved the ball to where he wanted to. When the Bulls' defense did have good stretches and they tried to trap Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant moved the ball to the open teammate, allowing Devin Booker to finish with 35 points, Josh uh, Akogi to finish with, with uh, 25 points, uh, and him he made five three-pointers. And the offensive rebounds, again, hurt the Bulls. The Phoenix Suns grabbed 13 rebound, offensive rebounds and then scored 20 points off offensive rebounds. The second-chance points is getting caught out of possession. It's all those things. So. When you look at 
just the Bulls offense and where it stands now. And I know a lot of people, well, Vooch needs to be, Vooch can't just be in the paint, at least on the offensive side, because that's where DeMar DeRozan operates. And this is why I said, you have to make a change. If everyone is like, well, let's just get a defensive center in there. Yeah, that's going to still clog up the lane even more. The offense right now that the Bulls have to run by the makeup of this roster is not going to be successful in this NBA. They may win some games. Hell, they may go on a, on a, on a play-in push. They may get hot and go on some stretches. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be fruitful or be successful in the long run because our offense just is not a modern offense in the NBA. And that's what it is. And when you look now is where the Bulls sit. They sit now two full games outside of the playing picture, and we only have 18 games left to play. Um, So it's, uh, listen, the Bulls have a tall test in front of them if they still want or are hoping to go on this, this magical play-in playoff push that they've talked about. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, they've talked about every game needing to be a game seven for this team, and we're just not seeing that. We're not seeing it. That's just the realities of it. We are not seeing that this team is not matching those words with their play out there. And like I said, this is not to say that they didn't show some heart. They absolutely showed some heart. I don't want to act like they like they came out in this game and this was just one of those games where they just didn't give anything. They showed some heart in this game, and I do commend them for the for the level of heart that they're able to give even when they're losing big games. But at the end of the day, like this offense, this team, as it's currently operating, is just not going to be successful. It's not. And that's what I said on the post-game show last night. It's just not going to be. Now, again, before people get to typing, that's not to say that this team needs to blow it all up. It, it's not. But this team does need to pick a direction. This team needs to modernize the offense. This team also needs to empower their younger players. And when you look at it, that's one of the biggest issues with this team right now is that they live in two worlds. And there is a world in which the Chicago Bulls could have been a bad team the last two seasons, but Io, Kobe, Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry this season are getting minutes and developing in meaningful ways that then play, pay off in the long run. Right now, we have a 33, 34-year-old player that is not going to be on this team when we, whenever we reach our peak. It's not. And for the people that are like, oh, no, let's keep DeMar and build around DeMar. No, you don't build around a 34-year-old player when you're this far away from continuing. It'd be different if the Chicago Bulls were one player, two players away. We are a roster away. We are a roster and a coach away from being anywhere near contendership. And just the realities of the situation are is that we are not going to be any closer to competing in DeMar DeRozan's timeline of being in the NBA. We're not. And then even when you look at DeMar, averaging less points per possession this year, uh, um, his field goal percentage is worse in the fourth quarter than what it was last year. The things that made DeMar DeRozan great last season have not been happening at the same rate for the Chicago Bulls this season. But we got a voicemail on that. I'll wait to get in that into a minute. But that's kind of my thoughts on the game. You guys can let me know what you think down below. Let's get into the next topic. So uh, yesterday we got word that the Bulls did convert Carlick Jones to a full NBA contract. And this goes in line with what I was kind of alluding to when I did the video after Goran Dragic was waived. At, like, and it, reportedly, he's the, he's, the Bucks are interested in him, which shout out to Goran Dragic. He deserves to go on the playoff rush. He deserves to be on a championship level team. This team ain't it. Um, but Carly Jones, the Bulls basically do another cost saving measure. And for a team that's this, like a, a fan base and everything that's this discontent with this roster, this just brings back to focus this ownership group and how like how much they do like just small things to just cut corners. Now that's not to say that Carl Jones isn't a solid player. He is. I think he won like G league player of the month or something like he he's a baller and can ball. I don't know what he's going to be able to do on the NBA level, because again, 
as you guys know, I may be jaded by the Antonio Blakeney thing. I don't really get impressed by people who put up big numbers in the G League. Um, I, I do appreciate the style of playing. I look at what they do well. But again, are we expecting Carla Jones to get any minutes and tick on this team where our rookie that we just picked isn't even getting the minutes, where we need some size? And like, I, I, we don't need any more guards. So like to bring in, uh, uh, to now replace guard, uh, Gordon Dragic with another guard, it's like, okay, cool. You did something. Shout out to Carla for getting his money. Um, but I just it's not going to help the Bulls win. And as I said before, I'm at the point now where any move I want to see actually help the Bulls win. So, you know, that's my thoughts on the Carla Jones signing. The Bulls have the Pacers, I believe, on Sunday. So we'll be back in tune with that game. And hopefully the Bulls can play much better in that game. But again, the Bulls have a tall test in front of them. And we'll preview that game in tomorrow's daily episode. But uh, at the end of the day, like the Bulls have a tough road ahead. And uh, from now to the end of the month is probably the most difficult stretch left of the season. How they come out of this is how they come out of it. Like I said, I don't really think anything changes in the long run for what needs to happen this offseason. But the Bulls, they play again on Sunday. Let's hope that they use this day off to really kind of look at themselves internally and figure out what the hell is going on. All right, let's get into the voicemails for today. This first one up, this one's from Melvin. What's going on, Hayes, man? It's your boy Melvin D, man. Um, I just wanted to start off by saying uh, I'm just jumping right into it. Trade DeMar DeRozan, man. Like, I understand, you know, we hung up on this, uh, you know, fourth quarter guy that he was last year. You know, he saved us from a lot of losses last year uh, with his fourth quarter play, you know. However, I feel like it's a time and a place for everything. And this season, we haven't been seeing that, you know. In fact, I've been seeing the opposite. I've been seeing the stunt in players' developmental phases. You know what I'm saying? The young guys are not getting the reps that, you know, they deserve because the ball isn't moving as much when DeMar is in the game. And then watching this Detroit game in the fourth quarter, I watch how impatient Zach Levine grew. Over the course of that fourth quarter, with DeMar DeRozan not passing the ball. Like, he literally just did not pass the ball. He looked at players and was just like, I'm shooting. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like at the point in time where DeMar is in his career, we can really get something beneficial for him. You know what I'm saying? And even though his Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report is garbage, but... I like that trade proposal with R.J. Barrett, O.G. OG Toppin, I think it was, um, for DeMar DeRozan. I think that's a great, great trade because it gives the Bulls use and it gives New York the the uh, experience that they need on that team to make a playoff run and, and, and et cetera, you know. But I feel like, with tomorrow on the team, we have a lot less ball moving and a lot less team basketball when he's on the floor. And I feel like we'd have to play team basketball if DeMar is not on the floor or not on the team, period. But let me know what you think, man. Give me your thoughts, Hayes. All right, and Melvin says, trade DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, this is kind of what I was alluding to, right? This is not the same. Some people, when they hear DeMar DeRozan, they'll be like, oh, what do you mean? How can we trade DeMar? He's this, he's that, he's this. And the Bulls ain't won a goddamn thing with DeMar here, right? They ain't won a thing, right? We haven't won anything. We had, a, we had a, a fun stretch at the beginning of last season that lasted about 30 games or so, and then we completely fell off after that. So the way that I look at it is this. Um, to, to Melvin's points, yes, 
we can get something back, especially if you trade DeMar to a contending team and what he's able to do. And if that team definitely needs a closer or whatever else, the balance there, yes. And in this offseason, I do think that AK and Eversley need to explore every option. Is there still ways that, that AK and Eversley can change this team to where DeMar can stay? Yes. But when you look at it, like I said before, it's about player development. And right now, you're shooting your future in the foot to not even compete in the present. And that's what the biggest concern is. Yeah, we got DeMar. DeMar is great. He was, been, he was great last season. Like I said before, his numbers have fallen off. He's not, he's not the same type of player that he was last season in those stretches for the Chicago Bulls. But again, we're a worse team overall, so I'm not putting that all on DeMar. But, at, but when you look at it, it's this. Like, this team isn't doing much with DeMar. Now, you could say they're not doing much with Zach either, but again, if you're making your decision, that's the, it's not even necessarily between one or the other. Much like with the Utah Jazz, many people thought you were going to have to choose Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, they end up trading both of them. I'm not saying that the Bulls have to move off of both of them in one season, and I'm not saying that they're going to. But when you're looking at future projections and you're and you're you're trying to build your team, having a modern three-level scorer in Zach Levine that is still 26, 27 years old, that is a that is a better piece to keep, regardless of the matter. No people are going to get, but he's a max level player. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home. Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It, the money is the money. It's, it's, it makes more sense to keep the younger player and trade the older player now so you can develop more younger players. And then if Zach ends up or you or you bottom out, you get you get lottery picks, those picks come in, you can then move off Zach Levine's contract too. Nobody's saying that you have to make a decision and then you're married to just that one forever. But in the immediate future right now, it makes way more sense, in my opinion, to move DeMar DeRozan because you ain't winning shit with him. And you're not going to win anything meaningful in his timeline unless you get lucky and some superstar just wants to come to Chicago to come to Chicago this season. Otherwise, it's not happening. It's limited Vooch's game. As many as Bulls fans want to crap on Nikola Vucevic, he's been the most consistent player of the season. Yes, he has his defensive limitations and liabilities, absolutely. But when you have a player that's your three that operates in the, the mid-range to the high post that takes away from where Nikola Vucevic would, would usually get his buckets. And I think Nikola Vucevic has earned a contract extension this season. But again, even if that happens, it has to come via making other changes to the roster so then we can maximize on that investment in Nikola Vucevic. So change is going to come. A change is needed. And if a change doesn't come, we about to be some real frustrated Bulls fans next season. But we'll see. And like I said, I, I, it's not that 
I'm not going to go in on DeMar as a player and things because his mentorship, all that stuff, I, I commend all of that, right? I do commend all of that. But at the end of the day, like I said, we ain't winning crap. So we have to make a change eventually. All right, let's get into this next voicemail. This one is from the 706. Hey, hey. Um, we talked a lot. Well, everybody at uh, all, everybody at Bulls Nation talked about, a lot about uh, basketball player IQ. And I was just wondering, like, looking back at the point guards in the last, like, 10, 15 years for Chicago, uh, Derrick Rose, Lonzo Ball, Chris Dunn, Chris Duhon, uh, Kirk Heinrich, uh, Nate Robinson, DJ Augustine, and a few others. Uh, how, where would you rank, like, the highest IQ point guard of that time till now? Uh, just want your opinion on the matter. Thanks. All right. And you asked me to rank the IQ of previous point guards. And here's what I'll say I think Lonzo Ball has the highest IQ out of all of them, minus Derrick Rose. But keeping those players played a much different role than what we need our point guard to now, right? That was a team full of high IQ basketball players. Back when the Derrick Rose era, the Nate Robinson era, the DJ Augustine era, uh, I can't remember the other point guards we brought in during that time on those one-year deals, but that was a high IQ basketball team overall. We are on a team that lacks basketball IQ in many ways, in many areas of the game, so you do want your point guard to be that. So I'm not, I can't really rank them. Again, I'd have to go back and look at the makeup of each one of those teams, and really, I, I remember how they played, but I don't necessarily remember the impact and, the, and, and stuff like that. But again, that was a team that was a much different construction. At that point, we looked at scoring point guards because that's what Tom Thibodeau's system was built off of, is having a high-level, high-scoring point guard and then every, having high basketball IQ players on the rest of the roster that then fit in and understood their role. So I think they all had pretty high basketball IQ. But again, we were operating with a team that just had high basketball IQ in general at that point in time. But I think if we're looking at it, of course, Derrick Rose had the highest basketball IQ um, in that, I think next up probably would have been DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine was a very high IQ basketball player. I think some people missed that um, uh, uh, because he wasn't like a superstar level player. But, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts on it. Thank you for sending in the voicemail. Let's get into this next one. This one's from Shay. What's up, guys? This is Shay. You know, I was, I didn't get the chance to watch the Bulls game, but I, because I was out to the movies, but judging by how the game was played and how we ended up taking the lead in the Second quarter, and now we ah this game ended up. It turns out I'm convinced. You know, Billy Donovan is the main problem. I know what people are gonna say, Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, think about it for a second. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were both ball dominant players at, at a certain point in their careers, and then they ended up coming together. And I know what people are gonna say. Oh, Dwayne Wade. Hey, the team to LeBron and all that. And I, and I think DeMar DeRozan can do it to Zach. But, but also that comes with coaching, too. And I think that if we have a much better coach, I, I guarantee you he would have situated this out a long time ago. Hey, look at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You know, Ty Lue has them situated, even though they're on a little bit of a losing streak. But this, that shows you a good coaching. Versus bad coaching will do, do to you. Anyway, man, tell me what you think. Peace. All right, and Shay saying that Billy Donovan is the main problem. Now, you made the comparison to Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and here's what I'll say. Those two players are much higher IQ, 
higher level talent than Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. So it's not always apples uh, or apples to apples or apples to oranges, whatever the saying is, when you compare different type of players. Like, yes, those were two very ball dominant players that did get their points in similar areas and they eventually had to figure out their game. But again, those are two Hall of Fame level players and DeMar will probably get into the Hall of Fame as well because of his accolades. But again, he's not nearly scratching what Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and what their talent level was and their versatility. So, you know, that's kind of my thought on that. But I do say this, like Billy Donovan absolutely is one of the issues of this team. Nobody, I don't think anybody at this point will take away from Billy Donovan being one of the issues. He's absolutely an issue on this team. The lack of adjustments, we said it yesterday on the stream. Um, once Billy Donovan made that adjustment to the starting lineup to bring in Patrick Williams, that was going to be Billy Donovan's adjustments for that game. He wasn't going to adjust to crap. And the Phoenix Suns, I called it. The Phoenix Suns are a team that whatever they do in the second half, they're going to come out in the, I mean, in the first half, they're going to come out in the second half, and they're going to have a completely different game plan. Monte Williams is an X's and O's coach. And we saw that last night. Billy Donovan doesn't have that in his bag. That is why we've labeled him no bag Billy here recently because he has no coaching philosophy bag. He doesn't. It's very bare bones. And that can work when you have high level, high IQ players. It can absolutely work. But we don't have that on the team. Like I always say, Billy Donovan isn't necessarily a bad coach. He's definitely not a great coach. But again, for Billy Donovan to be successful as a coach, he's going to have to have such high level, high IQ players Throughout that roster, if, he, if Billy Donovan's ever going to be a championship level coach, and I have my doubts to that, Billy Donovan is absolutely one of the, the issues with this team, especially when you look at player development, things like that, not making adjustments, not using players in their best ways, not going to the hot hand, things like that, definitely plays into it, and it's unfortunate because we're locked in with him for a number of years going forward. All right, let's get into this last voicemail for today. This one's from Auntie. Shout out to Goon. Hey, is this your auntie again? You know... I just don't understand where the fucking Billy is. I don't understand when we go on the run, when when the fuck he'll call timeout. When he see Zach, Io, and PW scoring like a motherfucker, doing their motherfucking job. Why do he take these players out? Billy ass need to go. DeMar need to go. Boosh got to go. I'm sorry, Hayes. This shit don't even make no motherfucking sense. Kobe White, PW, Io, and Zach just... They can do so much, bro. They can do so much. Um, Patrick Beverly, he can do so much. Like, the team, Billy talking to their ass. They walking past Billy, um, um, Billy and not giving a fuck. They don't have no respect for him. They not, they not listen to the coach. Coach not listen to the coach. I don't, listen, listen. Case, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with this team. I thought we was missing our piece. I thought we found that piece. That come well, Pastor Beverly. Pastor Beverly could do so fucking much, and Pastor Beverly asked, "It's like he can't take no motherfucking more." Zach Levine, he couldn't take no motherfucking more. I don't get, I don't understand when this team go real last. We got eighteen to seventeen to nineteen games left. When the fuck y'all go come to a motherfucking identity? Y'all try to confuse us and do an identity for three motherfucking days when Pastor Beverly came out of the All Star. That shit not going to work. Ain't nobody playing games. Game time is over. Y'all don't do y'all motherfucking shit. Y'all go go home with alarms of all. If y'all play motherfucking right, get y- at least get y'all ass in the play game, win the play game tournament, and try to get y'all ass back in the postseason. If y'all motherfucking don't, y'all go right home with alarms of all watching this shit on TV. Talk about what the fuck y'all should be. Y'all some group on Jamal, clowns without some without motherfucking makeup. I'm sick of this team. This team is retarded. This team is motherfucking bipolar. 
Billy don't know what to do with this team. Zach don't know what to do with this team. I can't even understand. This shit is just crazy, bro. Like, I don't really just don't know what the fuck to do. It's a belly shit. I have to tell you what the fuck to do. You is the fucking coach, bro. I don't understand you, Billy. You got to go. AK, you didn't go. Mark, you didn't go. Booch and the monk. All you bitches need to go and start over. I hope when the offseason get here, as long as ball get well and we got a whole demeanor. Because this demeanor right here, this identity right here is not motherfucking work. This shit, these motherfuckers standing around, we can't get fast break because motherfuckers standing around, they all want to cut, they jogging, when they get fouled, they complaining to the motherfucking refs, they just doing back holy ass shit. This shit don't even make sense no more. This is Chicago bullshit. Billy Donovan is not helping. That's just what it boils down to. He's not helping. You, when you have good to great coaches, they help your players get in better positions. They help your players come together. They lead and, 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 and help mold that team. Billy Donovan is not that. That's just not what he is as a coach, and not, at least not for the Chicago Bulls team. And while not everything is on Billy Donovan, I, I want to be clear here. A lot of the issues with the Bulls, some of its own ownership, their inability to be cheap, because I do think that if the Bulls were allowed to go into the luxury tax, I do think we would have had a completely different roster. I do think Mo Bamba probably would have been on this team had it not been for ownership hands being strapped to not be able to go into the luxury tax that's my personal opinion but hey so i do think that that definitely plays a role into that i, I look at um the players as well like just not executing and not for a long part now zach levine's coming along but not not playing to the level that we expected them to the lack of the development from other players as well like but when it all comes and says to it we are not a team that has the level of coaching to where we can say hey we're about to punch above our weight and that's one of the biggest concerns for this team. Billy Donovan is absolutely a problem, but unfortunately, the Bulls are locked in with him. And as many Bulls fans, we can pound our fists and say, fire Billy. It's not coming, unfortunately. It's just not because we know what this ownership group does. They're not about to pay a coach an additional three years to just be sitting at home. Not when they still are paying, paying Boylan, I think, for another year. This may be the last season we're paying Jim Boylan, but he may have another year after this one as well. So it's not coming. It's not happening. We just got done paying Fred Hoiberg, I think, last season. So, you know, it is what it is, man. And unfortunately, Billy Donovan is locked in on this team for a while. And um, AK and Eversley are going to have to construct a roster that just kind of over it's, – it's sad when you have to construct a roster that overcomes your coach's limitations, right? Yes, building a roster to help combat player limitations is a, a – nor that's normal in the league, right? You have – every player has their own limitations, and the way that you build out your roster is to counteract that. But we have to build our roster in a way to counteract our coach's liability. And that is something that just does not make me feel good as a Bulls fan. But you guys can let me know what you guys think on everything down below. That is it for today's mailbag episode. You guys know any news drop, I'll drop. Otherwise, make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on Go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.